talking about stuff, talking about things, talking about you, talking about me. It's not a wild country, and we are celebrating. It is Canberra. Conversations in the capital. Hello, my name is Henry. Welcome to Canberra Conversations in the Capital. For this third season, six bartenders from six of Canberra City bars will be featured. Today, inside Bar Rockford, I am joined by Ryan Smith, venue manager. Ryan, we've known each other for a hot minute now. Yeah, a long time. For, for, for a lot of that, I've known you to be bartendering. Bartendering? Bartending? Bartending, bartendering. Bartendering. Looking pretty, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I think I've had this argument with multiple people now this <laughs> season. Um, let's go with looking pretty. That's good uh, with looking I've, pretty. I like yeah, it. <laughs> I've known you to be looking pretty at a variety of different hospital locations and all that. Give me some give me some insight into your bartender journey. Well, I've been bartending for the better part of nine years across lots of different venues around Canberra, starting at, starting at Mooseheads, actually, across oh, the road, dang. which I think a lot of people will know fairly well, um, <laughs> just picking up glasses and mopping floors and you know, setting the foundation. But then since then, moving through uh, cocktail bars, moving through restaurants, moving through pubs, uh, moving through wine bars like this, just a whole different sort of array of things. So, when did you start off with Bar Rockford? Been here for uh, three and a half years, nearly four years, actually, coming up in April. So, dang. yeah, a little while. I think I think I'm actually the longest tenured staff member at the moment, outside of Nick the owner. So there you go. Yeah. And speaking of Nick the owner, can you give me some history into Bar Rockford? Because when I first heard about this place mm. and and how it was up and coming and all the awards it was winning, it blew me away. And, and this location is so nice. Yeah. No, it's it's great. And Nick um, Nick's had a, a very long and, and illustrious hospitality career as well, um, moving through Canberra, moving to Melbourne, some big name bars down there, things like Bomba. Then coming back and working the cupping room for a long time just to set up Bar Rockford. But yeah, years and years of experience from his side of things. And um, a lot of it based on his favourite places to be and go and see overseas and, and in Australia. The atmosphere that you get here. I think that's really cool because a lot of the bars in Canberra, it's very focusing on a certain kind of theme. Yeah, right? yeah. But here it's almost just like, it's just the things that that thing found really cool absolutely yeah i totally agree i think the best thing about a place like this is that the the atmosphere is created by the people that are here whether they're customers or whether they're staff or whatever it is and that then provides the theme we just have a focus in terms of a product that we put out but other than that we're just here for a good time and we hope everybody has a good time yeah. so i mean the bar's been here for oh six years now Almost nearly six, six. so yeah it was, uh, it'll be six years in in april as well so there you go. it coincides with my anniversary <laughs> almost so it's a little bit earlier than me i think but yeah. yeah nearly six has it has it changed much in this time yeah absolutely i think um so when the bar first opened uh, anyone that's been here will see the size of the kitchen and or the, or the lack thereof um, <laughs> size of the kitchen it was definitely designed to be like a bar snack sort of venue with a focus on some wines the wine list has grown by about five times kitchen are now pumping out amazing food yeah. and well enough to earn us a good food guide chef's hat and yeah a lot of awards from Paul May Traveller as well and that kind of thing it's yeah definitely changed but I think the key sort of ethos is still here it's, it's good food that you would want to have while you were drinking yeah. <laughs> and good drinks to have while you're eating yeah, so, yeah. The, the, it's, it's a very heartfelt bar I think it's, it's a bar filled with heart and yeah, terms absolutely. of how it's come out and the passion's there like right now everything that's happening around us is just getting ready for, 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 yeah, that's for tonight it. yeah we and all we all love what we do and we all do what we love so yeah, that's great that atmosphere is great and i hope that Thank wasn't you. a glass i just shattered probably that was we'll just let it right. slide we'll let it slide yeah. that happens all the time <laughs> you say you're a wine bar and that's pretty apparent by all the empty bottles yep. around us here yeah how often does that wine menu change and how, how much wine is there truly 
within this. Well, let's just go pure numbers. The, sure. the wines by the glass we sell at the moment, you've got five white wines, five red wines. Mm-hmm. This is just by the glass. Yeah. Uh, two sparkling wines, an orange wine, a rosé or a pink wine, mm-hmm. uh, dessert wine. And then we usually run one or two specials that yeah, are a little cool. bit left field or a little bit sort of outside of those categories. So it's anywhere between 15 and 20 wines by the glass uh, every day. That will change usually daily, mm. if not every two days. We'll often have some things we only get an allocation of six bottles of, so we have it on until it's gone. Sure, sure. Um, there's a lot of wines that we're only able to get that are on allocation as well, and so they're here while they last, like while stuff's last. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then by the bottle, we've got upwards of 200 wines by the bottle. Um, there's a lot more in a cellar that we've been putting together, so we've got some back vintages. We've got pretty special relationships with a lot of suppliers and some local winemakers and there's just a lot that we can have access to at any one time. And um, so to put, a, put an actual number on it, I've got no idea. <laughs> um, sorry, excuse my language. But yeah, it changes all the time. And that's what part of what keeps it so engaging, yeah. I think, and, and makes us sort of just happy with the product. That's it. So. And people know about the whites, the reds, the rosés. The first time I learned that there were orange wines was, yeah. was here. What, yeah. what is that? Spiel I always give to people is that if you imagine a rosé as a, a red wine made like a white wine, mm-hmm. uh, an orange wine is a white wine that's been made like a red wine. Cool. So extended periods of skin contact, uh, different maturation periods in different vessels, anything from wood to concrete to clay pots are buried underground. Like, wow. The list is endless and it's, um, it sort of goes back to ancient winemaking techniques and how a lot of traditional countries like Italy and Georgia uh, have always made their wine and how they you know, sort of translated into the contemporary wine drinkers world. But yeah, it's, there's no limitations on, on wine. I think that's what some people get sort of caught up on. Just because it's called a white wine may not be a white wine. It yeah. might be closer to orange just because it's a red wine. It might be closer to something like a rosé. When you throw in all of the kinds of dessert wines and, and fortified wines like sherries and ports, there's just literally thousands of different things you can you can get. And so I think being pigeonholed into those categories that I said is limiting in that sense. Mm. And that's why we often have different things to showcase. So, Does your food menu change around the wine that you have? Not explicitly. Like right. we don't put a dish on to pair with wine and we don't sort of showcase a wine pairing focus, but the food is all designed to be drunk with, with wine or, or with, with fine drinks, sharp spirits, fruit forward cocktails, anything like that. There's always a, a, a nice sort of balance between the kitchen and the bar that all of the drinks that we put forward will match with food really well and all of the food that they put forward will match with drinks really well. Definitely flavor is, is the focus and how flavors work together. Mm. So. I think that passion that you all have in terms of making the experience brilliant, both in terms of what you're eating and what you're drinking and the atmosphere, mm. has really propelled this bar into the Canberra, like almost like, it, it's, it's almost an oxymoron saying Canberra mainstream, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're still a pretty yeah. small city. I know what you mean. Almost into the Canberra mainstream. Yeah, things. well, it, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it went from people going, where, what, 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 Bar Rockford? To like, oh, yeah, I, I love Bar Rockford. It's yeah. Great. But have you noticed this change in terms of popularity to the bar? And if so, what, what has that done to the, to the atmosphere further? I think, well, since, since I've been working here, there's definitely been a different crowd that, that has started to come through a lot more as a, as, as a sort of built off that focus on food. There's a lot more diners that come through. There's also a, a lot of the different drinking crowd. A lot more people are starting to learn about things like orange wine and, and, and drinking more things like martinis as opposed to just sort of lighter fruit-forward cocktails. They're getting a little bit more... I don't want to say mature because that's the, definitely the wrong word. But the, the, the taste of, of, of Canberra is evolving. And I think that's largely due to 
what we've provided and, and definitely what other places have provided as well. But yeah, it, it, the, the change may be there in terms of the, the product, but the, the atmosphere is definitely still the same. My favorite drink that I've ever created was um, a lovely little low ABV stir down cocktail. And low, low ABV is in just lower alcohol. It used a, a pear eau de vie, which mm-hmm. is just a, a neutral grain spirit uh, derived from a specific fruit, in cool. this case, pear, which is the base of a lot of different spirits. It also used a little bit of curacao from this company called Marionette, based out of Melbourne. Nick Tezar from Bar Liberty is one of the guys behind that. He's a good friend of the bar and a good friend of mine. Really cool product, just an orange liqueur um, with fresh oranges. Other ing- components in the drink were some dry sherry. Uh, we love sherry in cocktails. I specifically love sherry in cocktails. Yeah. Um, and then just some wine that we had in the bar, particularly like a dry white wine. And then Peychaud's bitters as a, as a modifier for some depth. It's um, this lovely little sort of blushish, pinkish hue in a glass, nice and punchy with some acidity from the sherry and the wine, a little bit of a herbal background from the eau de vie, and then just this fruity sort of rounded weight added from the curacao. And it just had this lovely punchy fruit expression while still being light and delicate and the perfect sort of springtime martini if you didn't want to get too drunk (laughs) did it have a good name yeah it was called the long lost lover long lost lover look at that it was uh named after a record i can't remember the artist of the song Mm. a lot of the cocktails that come up through the bar are named after records um, that's awesome yeah so i can't take all the credit for it no but come on i picked it that's it that's it The inspiration's all around, all around us. See so many vinyl records just for Yeah, man. The yeah, it's the place is yeah. brimmed with rafters. As much as you said there's a lot of wine in the place, there's almost as much vinyl. If you could only have, for the rest of your life, to work with in terms of alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, one type of fruit, yep. two types of liquors, yep. three types of mixes, yep. and N amount of wine. Okay. <laughs> and I'm cool. talking like specifics. Yeah, right? I'm yeah, talking yeah. just like, oh, red. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, what would they be? Fruit-wise, it'd have to be something tropical. Mm. I love tropical fruit, something yeah. like a mango or a pineapple. Pineapples are actually very versatile. Yeah. You can do a lot with a pineapple. Um, things like tapache, things like imparting flavor from the, the skin, things like eating the flesh, things mm. like pickling it, things yeah. like dehydrating it. It's just, it's great. And I, I love anything with inherent sweetness and acidity. And um, and I just love eating pineapples. So, yeah. Um, yeah, whatever I didn't put into any drinks I'd be making, I'd be eating myself. So <laughs> There it is. That's it. Uh, what was the next one? The two, two types of liquors? Two types of liquors. One would have to be tequila. Yep. Um, I love tequila. I love the um, savory, grassy, cactusy, or mm. cacti, or yep. however you say. <laughs> notes that you get from tequila. And I love, again, the versatility with it. You can do so many things to it. Still retain a lot of the purity yeah. in, the, in the spirit, uh, while also allowing for different kinds of drinkers. You can get aged tequila. You can get young tequila. Mm. You can get smoky tequila, or it's called mezcal. Um and yeah, it's just so delicious and, and, and versatile. It's got such a history. And the thing that people put behind it, I think, is really important. Just having a fully artisanal approach yeah. is, is great. And then the other one would probably be um, gin. I'd say gin. Mm. I, I drink I drink a lot of martinis. Um, <laughs> everyone that works here drinks a lot of martinis. <laughs> it's a little secret. But yeah, definitely gin. Uh, again, you get so much from so little. Botanicals and, and the purity of juniper that's used in gin, I think, can be so expressive. And then... When they're formulated in the right way to create something like a martini or a gin and tonic, they highlight different parts of the, the ingredient. Uh, and I think that's really special. Yeah. Having something that's literally just distilled berries and, and botanicals can create so many differences in flavor 
I think it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, you got your three three mixes? Three mixes. Coca-Cola for yep. one. Yeah. <laughs> just for the weekends. I love, as I said, I love a bit of sugar. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that I drink rum and coke. <laughs> so it's definitely up there. It's just a nice, easy one. Lengthens anything. Soda water is, mm-hmm. is really important with um, either drinking just soda water on its own, something that's refreshing and palate cleansing or, or adding it to cocktails or using it alongside certain things, even coffee. Mm-hmm. It does so much for the mm-hmm. palate and it, and it adds a, an effervescence to things, which sure. is, a, is a whole nother component and a yeah. whole nother sort of phenolic sensation that comes along with drinking. Um, and I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, and then the old classic would probably be lemonade yeah, as well. Okay. Yeah, it's just like soda, but with sugar in it. Again, <laughs> um, it adds sweetness, it adds effervescence, and it's a classic thing. It's just so refreshing for you know your warmer seasons in summer and spring. You can just it's, it quenches the thirst. So. And shout out, shout out some nice wines. Well, my favorite kinds of wines are volcano wines. I'm a massive fan of uh, volcano wines. Volcano wines, um, like specifically wines that are that are made on the side of a volcano. Oh, um, that's cool. So there's a my favorite one in particular would probably be somewhere in, in um, Sicily. It's called Mount Etna. It's an active mm-hmm. volcano. They make um, a lot of different wines, but there's a lot of native varietals that they use that only grow in that sort of part of the world uh, and have sort of the conducive climate on the side of the volcano, specifically Norello Mascalese and Caracante which are names that not many people would have heard of in terms of grapes, but they're completely unique wines. They have this explosive mineral brightness and, mm. and, and liveliness while still being very light and playful and delicate on a palate. Um, you get almost a, a very nice sort of bright red cherry note on, on the palate, similar to something like a Pinot Noir. Yeah. But then you get this sort of rounded, ashy, smoky depth of flavor that you'd expect on like a really big, tannic, full-bodied wine, but it's still so light, and I just love that. That's I love awesome. It. That's, like, that's, def- that's definitely it. And then probably um, really buttery oaky Chardonnay. Yeah. Something from Burgundy would be ideal. Just um, nice and weighty and rich and delectable. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been, we said this at the start, but you've been bartending for quite a few years now. Yep, yep. What are some key lessons or takeaways that you've got uh, this time? Clean up after yourself. Yep. Don't cut yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> make sure you don't drink too much of what you're selling. Yep. And always make sure that the customer enjoys things as much as you do. Mm. I think um, bartending is a, is a profession or anything to do with hospitality is a profession that's built on a social environment and is meant to be relaxed and laid back and not too serious. But there's, a, there's definitely a point where as a bartender or as a waiter or as a, or as a host or anything in hospitality, you can get a little bit too caught up in that yeah. uh, and stop thinking about how the customer is feeling. It's the hospitality industry for a reason, you know, you always got to care about what you're putting out there and your personality is another thing that you're putting out there. And I think if the customer is not having as good a time as you are, then it's your job to make them have a good time. And speaking to that hospitality industry, I think the Canberra Hospital community is is one that's pretty close Mm. in terms of just how often you're in contact, how often you're trying out each other's other's food and drink, looking out for each other and all that. Yeah, totally. Can you speak to that? Yeah, the, the, the abs- absolutely. Of, of that Canberra hospital group. Well, there's always a sort of uh, running joke about Canberra that it's so, such a small city. Like you'll know everybody. You go out on a <laughs> night, you'll run into at least five people that you know, and yeah. that that couldn't be more true with the hospitality scene. I think you'll you'll end up rocking up to any bar, and, and you'll know someone that's working, <laughs> or you'll have seen someone that's working, or someone that's working there will have visited your bar. As, as speaking on the the idea of the growing sort of community, a lot of us have been doing hospitality for a long time. And a lot of us have done hospitality in Canberra for a long time and we've still all been so close and remained friends and now people going off and doing their own thing and, 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 and sort of 
coming up to that next level of ownership and management and everything is is really exciting because it's 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 your friends it's the people that i was mopping floors with yeah. the new sets you know that are that are now doing this kind of stuff so it's um pretty special to see what people are doing and, and it's easy to be proud of people um achieving yeah And there's so much good food and drink right now in Canberra. If you were to shout out a Canberra bar or a Canberra restaurant that hasn't been featured this season, but that is doing amazing work, where are we going? I'd, my first stop would be um, Paranormal Wines in uh, in Campbell. Hmm. Max, the, the owner there, he's um, spent a lot of time in hospitality over his life in Melbourne and Sydney and, and again, a lot of those big places, venturing overseas. And he's just set up a, a lovely little natural wine bar oh. that, that offers some really good food, some quality cold cut meats and some burratas and cheeses and olives and, and really just good sort of uh, fresh produce that's, that's perfectly aligned with the, the idea of, of drinking wine. And, and he's got a similar outlook uh, to, the, to wine that we do. And it, uh, it's a lot of left field, it's a lot of biodynamic wine, it's a lot of organic focus, small growers, estate farmers, um, that kind of thing. And, and yeah, he's, he's got a great selection and he's one of, if not the smartest person that I've ever met <laughs> in this field. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd definitely go there and I'd let him just tell me what to get <laughs> i think that's really cool because i think campbell it's one of those suburbs that's quietly building up right now yeah absolutely all the absolutely. new apartments and, and all that coming totally out. it's uh, had a bit of a reputation as this maybe older sort of suburb mm. for a while but there's definitely a lot happening there it's such a beautiful spot and he's got a great location just down at the shops there it's, yeah yeah really really cool oh good now looking ahead which might be hard to do with everything right now mm -hmm. but looking ahead what is on the cards for Ryan, what is on the cards for Bar Rockford going into 2022? Well, it's, it's, it is fairly hard to look ahead in terms of any kind of certainty with how the industry is going to go, but it's also pretty easy to look ahead. So many exciting things that are going to be coming up after all this. If there's one thing that COVID sort of taught everybody, it's we, we miss it. <laughs> we miss doing, doing yeah. what we love. We miss the events. We miss the parties. We miss all that kind of thing. So there's a lot planned. We've got some um, events planned for next year that are yeah. still sort of in the works, Ooh. but definitely working a lot more with with other places around the country, um, with winemakers, with other bartenders in the city, and just like getting back to creating that atmosphere and creating a buzz around and what we love to provide for people. And as for me personally, I, I think it's just going to be diving into that head first. I think that's what what everyone in, in hospital is going to be doing. You know, like uh, it's it's not just a job for a lot of people. It's it's very much a passion. Yeah. As we've been talking about, it's very much a, a career for a lot yeah. of people as well. And I think just getting out of this COVID thing is, is is on everyone's mind however long it takes but when we do get out of it we're gonna throw the one hell of a party <laughs> yeah. you, you were saying before how it's really cool seeing the people that you started with now rising up the ranks yeah. doing all that do we do we see some sort of big collaborative you and your mates get your own bar in the future um, on, oh, on man. The cards? honestly I, I think it's um i just love working at the moment and there's a lot of a lot of ideas that everybody always has. Everybody's always got one of those drunken nights. It's like, oh, we should buy a bar. But I think it's it's just as well to own a place as to work with people that, that know what they're doing, in my mind. And there's a lot of stress that goes with management and, and casual work in the first place. And then taking on a whole different kind of stress for ownership is something that you can only really do when you're ready. But I'm just enjoying working and, and, and my time and managing and learning a lot from the people around me. And maybe one day, we'll see. But for now, just enjoy the ride. For now, just enjoy the That's ride, it. absolutely. Finally, my friend, the floor is yours. Do you have anything that you like to say, any thoughts you have to the people listening? 
Um, final, final words. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, it's really important that um, people are starting to understand that, that hospitality in Canberra in particular is, is standing on its own. I think places like Sydney and Melbourne have, have garnered so much of that reputation for so long that Canberra often gets forgotten. But there's a lot of good people doing a lot of special things here. And I, and I think it's something that we should all be very appreciative of. So um, next time you go out, tip your waitress. <laughs> <laughs> tip your waitress. Love your hospital workers because it's hard. It's That's hard it. right now. And, and, and they're making sure it's less hard for you where you're, when you're sitting there having a drink or That's it. having some food. Brian Smith, thank you heaps for chatting with me this afternoon, mate. Pleasure, man. It's been great. Folks, my name is Henry. And from Bar Rockford, this has been Canberra, Conversations in the Capital. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll see you all soon.